0: Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX, a podcast created for other Fragile X families to share their stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. If you have never heard of Fragile X before, this podcast is for you. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Welcome back to another episode of Talk FX. Um, I've been gearing up for Fragile X Awareness Month for the last few weeks, and it's finally here. Um, It's a really exciting month, and I'm really uh, looking forward to diving into What Fragile X Awareness Month means, and the importance of really utilizing this month for awareness and advocacy and support for those affected by Fragile X. Um, On this first episode of the month, I am joined with my husband, Mo, who agreed to uh, come on my podcast with me. I mean, literally, before I was. I'm um, going to do this episode. I just looked over at him and I was like, "Hey, you want to do a podcast episode with me?" And I was, and he was like, "Okay." So <laughs> I'm grateful for his um, last minute ab- or ability to be kind of last minute and put on the spot. It's it's um, much appreciated. So welcome for the second time.
1: Well, uh, thank you for having me on. It's uh, an honor. <laughs> <laughs> to be back on here um for those of you who don't know i am nicole's husband mo and um i don't know what else to say about myself i'm just
0: how do you spell mo
1: oh that's a good question a lot of people would think it's just mo <laughs> i put an e on the end just because i don't know i have to be that special that different than most people who spell mo so
0: <laughs> how do you think other people spell mo
1: incorrectly
0: <laughs> obviously it's it, i'm kind of starting to feel like we could have a whole episode about this right now
1: it might be short but sure
0: <laughs> oh you're ridiculous i know okay well now that we settled that Um, Mo is spelled M O E. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep, you got it.
0: All right. That's it, you guys. We'll see you later.
1: Yeah, don't forget (laughs) that one.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. Um, so to kick off a Fragile X Awareness Month, like I said, um, I just really want to focus on the importance of this month for the Fragile X community, and also, you know. I think it's important to mention, too, that, you know, awareness is not just for a month. It's for every single day. You know, there's the, – it, it, awareness never stops, I think. Um, and if we want more people to understand Fragile X, then we have to be willing to be advocates each and every day when we wake up in the morning. And so – um, I don't think I'm passionate about it at all.
1: No, definitely not.
0: Nah. Um, (laughs) So I want to jump into kind of our first uh, discussion, uh, if that's okay with you.
1: Well, you invited me on here, so yeah, I think we should.
0: (laughs) Um, Why should someone who has never heard of Fragile X before care about Awareness Month? As someone who, you know, is not, um, affected by Fragile X from a, uh, you know, cognitive or, or developmental or even, you know, genetic standpoint, really, um, what would you say?
1: Well, I think it, like with any other, with any other, um, you know, cause, any other, um, diagnosis that someone's going through, obviously having more awareness and more understanding of it, that's going to be helpful for more people, um, to be supported. Um, you know, we'll get into it later, but just, you know, up until this point in my life, I hadn't really heard of since until Nicole had brought it up. And so, um, with her doing that, that really opened my eyes to being able to understand, you know, what it's all about and, and to be an advocate, um, for those who have fragile X. So, um, really it comes down to just having that awareness and, you know, we're supposed to, we should be having empathy and, and being able to support those, um, support people around the world wherever they're at so
0: Mm -hmm. i think too um the more awareness and understanding the more support for families and children affected by fragile x which is you know essentially what uh mo was saying um and he gets to be a part of that support um from his, you know, standpoint. Um, and, you know, when I was thinking about this question too, um, I also remembered, you know, an instance that, uh, happened with my aunt and my cousin. Um, this happened several years ago. Um, they were at a mall, um, and it was a pretty, uh, loud environment. It was, you know, just a busy day, um, at the mall and, um, my cousin started to become, uh, overwhelmed and, and got loud and, um, a man nearby, uh, apparently complained. I, I was not here for this, uh, got, or uh, complained, you know, basically to get her son under control. And, um, you know, it's it's moments like these that, you know, I'm sure so many of, of you parents listening can relate to, um, but it's moments like these that is why it's so important to create that awareness and advocacy and, and support for Fragile X and help them to understand, um, you know, the different. Um, triggers of emotions, if you will, you know, overstimulation and sensory overload and, you know, just those things that can cause, um, children with, with fragile X to kind of, I mean, each children, each child with fragile X reacts differently to those sensory overloads, um, you know, and, and having others around you that can support you, uh, in those tough moments as a parent uh or just simply understand and um you know just uh like Mo said have empathy and uh, patience with you is so important and that's a huge part of of what fragile X awareness month is all about and um you know, it also just goes to show that just because you aren't directly affected by something like a genetic condition, it doesn't mean you shouldn't learn more about it, um, especially because if there's other people in the community affected by it and, you know, maybe you're a employer or maybe you're, you know, someone that's heavily involved in your community, Um, It is important to educate yourself um, so that when someone does come along that is affected by something like a genetic condition, you can uh, be an advocate for them. You can support them. You can help point them in the right direction of of certain resources or whatever the situation is. But um, that's why I think that you know someone who's never heard of fragile x before should care about fragile x awareness month um,
1: yeah and i think one big thing in, that you had said is is patience and patience should go for both sides like obviously in the case with your aunt and your cousin and just that man and how in his reaction he could have had a lot more patience with you know them but uh, at the same time for people who are who don't know about fragile X, and I have been introduced to it. Um, you know, it's patience and patience with yourself, and patience and just learning. You know about that because you know there's there's you know research out there as far as you know trying to understand this more. And so, obviously, not all the answers are available right now. And so, having patience as far as how things develop as time goes on. And, um, you know, it's patience for both sides, but I think, um, like for me personally, just because, you know, I'm just because like, I'm not, um, affected genetically doesn't mean that I can't have patience, um, and be supportive because I obviously want to be supportive of, um, you know, those affected by fragile X and, and, um, you know, it's, It's important that that step is really important, I think.
0: Yeah, it's important with with really any anything uh, or any other uh, genetic condition, you know, whether it's, um, you know, autism, uh, down syndrome, um, whatever, or or even uh, just other things that that people face in their lives. Um, Patience helps you get through it. Um, honestly, and, and to speak on the, um, uh, research side of things, you know, the encouraging thing about, uh, what's going on in the Fragile X community is that there is a lot of, um, research constantly going on for Fragile X and that is so encouraging and so cool, um. And I know that we're going to actually jump into that a little bit right now, Um, (laughs) uh, unless you had anything else to say about um, why it's important for others who have never heard of Fragile X. Uh,
1: No, I think we covered it all.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like that could be a forever conversation though. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah. But to jump into uh you know the research side of things, as so many of you guys know, um the FMR1 gene was recently renamed to uh what I think is quite a tongue twister. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, it is now called the fragile X, uh, ribonucleoprotein one. Um, so this is so exciting because for the last, oh goodness sakes, maybe like 20 plus years. I mean, probably longer than that because my brain is just blanking right now, but, um, it has not been renamed for that long. Um, and, you know, we've come so far in not only the understanding of Fragile X, but we've also come so far in, you know, um, stigmatizing language too. You know, we've started to realize what language is just not um, uh, kind or appropriate to use anymore when we're talking about um develop conditions that are involving developmental delays and um i think that the fmr1 gene um being one of those that causes you know fragile x um the renaming it, the hu- the biggest purpose is to uh increase more accuracy of what the fmr1 gene does um and to remove, like I said, that stigmatizing language. Um, I was just telling my husband before we started this episode that, um, you know, as someone who is a female full mutation carrier who is not affected by the cognitive or behavioral uh, aspects of Fragile X, it really doesn't make sense to include that what I'm going to call the R word. Um in the naming of the FMR1 gene because we now know that um in there it is you know obviously possible for uh individuals to be affected by fragile X more on the carrier aspect of things rather than the um you know uh developmentally side of things where they're you know effective cognitively and, and behaviorally so um That is why I was so excited about this change. It's important to be um, uh, sharing, you know, the facts and and what actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think also uh, this is really important information for your educators to know that work with your children. Um, it's important for medical professionals to be aware of family members, friends, um, etc., for for them to just truly understand um, the facts of fragile X and to just move away from that um, uh, language that just does not uh, explain fragile X properly. Um, The other thing that is so important about Fragile X Awareness Month is the National Fragile X Foundation Conference happens every uh, July, and this is the first time in two years um, that it's going to happen uh, in person. Uh, It'll be in San Diego, California on July 14th through the 17th, and this is an important opportunity um, to meet other families affected by Fragile X. And as well as to hear from um, and meet uh, several fragilex ex- experts, and to just really gain resources for your family, um, it's it's really uh, an incredible opportunity to to be there. So I hope that uh, everyone listening that. Maybe has been on the fence about going. Will uh, consider going, and um, I know that summertime can be so busy for all of us. But it is so important to make time for, um, you know, educating yourselves more on fragilex and just the resources that are uh, available to you. Um, I I also want to talk because I want to hear from my. Um, Husband on his kind of perspective of this. Um, I think it's also important to talk about the process of how, uh, you know, someone who is affected by Fragile X, whether they're just a carrier, maybe they're a pre mutation carrier or a full mutation carrier, um, the process of telling other family members, friends, um, significant others, or other people in your lives that. You know, you really care about um, uh, about the prevalence of fragile X in your life, Um, Mo. What uh, was your initial thoughts? Um, I know that you sort of covered this, you know, when we were cu- starting the episode. But um, what were your initial thoughts when I told you about my diagnosis of fragile X? I know that you know you said you didn't know what fragile X was. Um, but you know, what, what was your, um, thought process and just what did you need that time to kind of think about?
1: Well, uh, to kind of give a, a background of it. So we had started dating, um, uh, it was pretty early on and, um, it was right before i was dropping nicole off and so she said hey you know i have something important to tell you and when somebody says that it's always it's always kind of nerve-wracking because <laughs> it's like you don't you have no idea what direction this is going to go in well how
0: am i supposed to bring it up
1: <laughs> uh, well i'm i i don't have a better answer but it was still <laughs> Still nerve wracking. I, you know, there was a million different thoughts going through my head. Is like, you know, hey, you know, this is really fun, but I, you know, I don't like you, or you know, (laughs) you know, that was kind of the worst of the worst. Like, um, but when she she told me about it, it was surprising. Um, and I didn't think of it as something negative. I mean, you know, like, Nicole's still a wonderful, you know, wonderful person. And, um, so I definitely took some time to think about, okay, what does this mean? She explained, you know, how this could affect, you know, way down the road. And, um, you know, we, we both were obviously looking to you know, get to know each other more, and so, like, having that in in the back of my mind was helpful, um, but ultimately, it didn't deter me from, you know, wanting to get to know her more, because just because, you know, someone has, you know, a genetic, you know, has something with them that's genetic, like, that doesn't change who they are. I mean, it's still... There's still a person. And so, um, I definitely had to take some time to think about, okay, and look at, and you know, what is fragile X, you know, how does this affect me? How does this affect us? Um, but ultimately it, it never, um, dissuade me from wanting to continue to get to know Nicole more, even if for whatever reason that are, you know, us getting to know each other didn't work out and us, you know, and ending up getting married, like I still would have been there to support her um as a friend and knowing that she has fragile ex and, you know, she needs people there to support her. So um yeah, I mean, I it was it was a, a, a sorry do... it's it's <laughs> trying to under trying to think about what how to what how to uh...
0: well you know it was only like two years ago um yeah. or so well and what about you know from the perspective of obviously this diagnosis of mine changes i think you know um the way that we each, you know, even before we knew each other, it changed, it truly changed the way that I think we envisioned our future families to mm-hmm. be, you know, but that doesn't mean that they've changed for the worse by any means. It's just changed, you know. Yeah. Um. The possibility of, you know, you, you had to come to the realization that my diagnosis meant Um, that if we did get married and, you know, wanted to have kids, um, it would change, you know, uh, that journey for us and the possibility of having a child with fragile X and, um, being okay with that. You know, I went on my own journey of that when I was 17. So I had already gone through it. My mind was already made up. I, I did not, um, care whether I, uh, my, my child came out with fragile x or it didn't i w- i know i'm going to love it the same um you know when the lord does bless us with kids but you know this was a journey that now you had to go through of um you know wow now i'm realizing that you know if if we did get married then you know you and your your envisionment of what your kids would Um, you know be like someday was going to change and and you know you had to ask yourself it is is this something that um you know you're okay with or you know yeah yeah so
1: yeah and that that is definitely something that you have to keep in mind um because it's not it's not you know it's not something you can just you know, not even think about it. It's definitely something you have to take the time to try and process and understand and, and you know, weighing out the scenarios. Um, I mean, you can definitely get caught up in the what ifs of all of that. But um, ultimately I came to the same conclusion as Nicole, like, you know, whether our child has fragile X or not, and they're affected by that or not, You know, they're still our child. They're still going to be cherished. They're still going to be loved. Um, You know, we're still going to try and raise them the same as anybody else, um, you know, with just with who we are. So, um, yeah, so I think we were both on the same page on that, you know, when I told her about that. And um, I know she was pretty pretty excited about hearing that and it really, um,
0: well, he, (laughs) you, uh, told me your kind of, I guess, you know, decision regarding, um, sharing my diagnosis with you and whether or not, you know, you felt led to be a part of that. Um, he told me like, I think it took you like two or so weeks Um, and I wasn't giving him any sort of timeline or anything like that, but, um, he ended up unexpectedly, I was so, (laughs) I was so, uh, caught off guard. He wrote me a letter and, um, in that letter, it just said, you know, basically that he was totally on board with our future, with potentially having children with Fragile X and, you know, Um, I keep that letter in my wallet to this day because it reminds me, um, that, you know, the future is not in our hands. It is, you know, our belief that our future is in the Lord's hands and, um, that's totally okay. And, you know, um, having watched my cousin Nathan grow up to be the amazing boy that he he is um, and is becoming um even as a full mutation carrier fragile X um, it just gives me so much hope and I think it has started to give my husband hope as he gets to know my family more um, after being married for just over a year. so I'm just very appreciative of him and. Um, everything he does to support me, um, with my diagnosis and, you know, um, me supporting him and helping him to, as my husband, to learn more about Fragile X, uh, every day because, you know, sometimes there's questions and discussions that we have. And, um, you know, they're, they're, it's so awesome to share that with someone, honestly. Um, and really just to be able to share my cousin with, um, with him as well, um, who apparently, for whatever reason, loves him more than me at this point, which <laughs> I take offense to.
1: <laughs> well, you have to explain every anytime you call. Yeah. Anytime you call your aunt, Nathan's on the phone and he says, where's Mo?
0: Yeah, he doesn't even care about his cousin anymore. Like, just kidding, but... <laughs>
1: No, he's... His
0: priority is Mo. <laughs>
1: he's he's a funny guy. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah. Um. So just to kind of um, wrap things up, uh, we only have a few minutes here. Um. But during the whole month of July, my. Uh, goal is to use this platform to reach as many families as possible and just, you know, hopefully be an encouragement in helping them to know that they truly are not alone on this journey with Fragile X. Um, I'll be sharing resources, talking about topics that I have yet to uh, cover on this podcast and also really excited to have other families uh, on to share their diagnosis stories and, experiences and um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard of FragileX before, maybe you're a newly diagnosed family, um, I encourage you to go to fragilex.org to find resources in your area. Um, you can also follow Talk Fragile X podcast on Instagram and Facebook, where we have tons of resources available there as well. Um, I also know that uh World Fragile X Day is coming up. Um in July, towards the end of July. um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the date. It's the 2020 something. Um, Just listen to the previous episode before this one. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, it was such a pleasure to be able to share my husband with you guys. Um, I hope that you guys took a lot away from um, this episode and just, you know, hearing from someone who Um, you know, is a advocate for his wife. Yeah. I think that that's valuable for others to hear. And I would just hope, I think our ultimate purpose and um, hope for this episode is that we were able to encourage other families, um, other, you know, married couples that are in the same situation as us Mm -hmm. that haven't yet had kids with fragile X, but um you know potentially uh might have that journey
1: yeah and i you know i've listened to this podcast for you know since it started and i've learned a lot from that and uh just encourage everyone to continue to listen i know uh my wife just does such a great job and um you know looking forward to uh big things with this uh podcast and hopefully reaches more and more people around the world and um, more and more people get to know about Fragile X and um, and with that, you know, more people can uh, be aware and, um, you know, feel like they are a part of a community because it's so hard when you don't feel like you belong. But just hearing that, hearing about other people um, can bring um, just that encouragement. So, um, yeah
0: well said well you haven't heard the last of us Uh, we will be back again soon